Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. But I miss that guy, man. I, I really miss him. And I never thought I would say that I miss him. But I do. It's still Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Tush Show, episode number 572 for January 28, 2021. This is your WWE Royal Rumble preview and predictions edition of SRTU. I'm one after the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one and only Dr. Trey Franklin. And the question on everybody mind it, everybody's mind is, Dr. Trey, do you own stock in GameStop? No, but I actually uh, I think I may still have stock in Blockbuster. I'm about to check into that one because I know Blockbuster has been uh, one of the – everybody talks about GameStop. But uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and Blockbuster have also been some of those cool little stocks to own right now. So I think my Blockbuster stock might be still active for when I was a manager there. Okay, well, stay tuned. This will be something that we have to uh, to keep an eye on. Maybe Dr. Trey won't be here next week, thanks to Blockbuster. Oh, no. If, I, if I'm anything like that one guy that made like $22 million, uh, yeah, you might not see it. I mean, no, actually, I bet. I'll still be here. I'll just be on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean trying okay. to figure out how to get my Wi-Fi to work. On the private, uh, on the private jet. Yeah. Uh, and then starting his own wrestling promotion, like uh, Tony Khan. It'll be <laughs> the dream, that is, Dr. Trey Franklin. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be A E W W E. Wow, original promotion name. I like it. I like it. Has a lot of impact to it. Um, all right, let's get into it here, Doctor Trey. This is this is one of my favorite shows to do every year because it's the uh, preview predictions for the Royal Rumble. It's the uh, official kickoff to WrestleMania season. Uh, WrestleMania thirty seven in Tampa Bay, Raymond James Stadium. Uh, the same place as uh, this year's Super Bowl. Don't want to talk about that, being a Green Bay Packers fan. But uh, nonetheless, it's uh, it's a fun time, right? This is uh, it's a fun time to be a wrestling fan. Royal Rumble is, you know, it's it's. I sound so cliche, but every single time we do these things, right? It's like Rumble, uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. I think I get the most joy out of watching the Royal Rumble matches live than I do 
any match all year long because I think when you go on social media, you go on Twitter, it feels like everybody is watching the Royal Rumble, watching that specific match. Like everything else is is what it is, your standard normal matches, but people just like really enjoy commentating uh, the surprises, the uh, the good booking, and we've been really fortunate the last several years to have some really good Rumble matches. I think the Rumble match is my favorite match to watch live as it happens. Yeah, um, money. I, I think, and it's actually to me, it's kind of switched because you know when I was younger, it was the Rumble. Then when Money in the Bank first came around, I was always really excited for Money in the Bank. And the Rumbles had gotten a little stagnant at times. You know, you go back to, the, you know, uh, right around the Del Rio, Sheamus, you know, those early 2000, mid to, or early to mid to, you know, 2000s type bookings. It was kind of like, uh, it was kind of, kind of knew ahead of time what was going to go on. And that's when I think Money in the Bank kind of jumped over it. But now the last few years, it's been so good again. And the way they booked it, the way they put it together that, you know, the last three rumbles, last four rumbles have been outstanding. So, uh, and this year's one of those years, like there's not really a heavy odds on favorite. Like there's, I don't know about you, but this was one of the hardest ones I've had to predict in the 10 years of the show, as far as, you know, there's no clear cut number one choice for who we think is going to win. I don't think, uh, I mean, at least for me, I don't know about you, but it's, it's been the intrigue for me is higher because this use, this is what sets the course WrestleMania and, Right now, I, I can't really tell you what direction they're going to go with this, Jeff. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, like in, in that momentary of I, I don't you know, I'm shocked. I don't know where things are going. It, it's up in the air. It's kind of crazy right now. Yeah, we'll get to our predictions here later on. But I'm with you. It's uh, this is a tough one. And, and I think you like the history of the show, the early generation of SRTU, those first couple of rumbles, very easy to predict, whether it be Seamus, Del Rio, Randy Orton. Uh, we always kind of had a feeling like who was the odds-on favorite. And then you, you know, fast forward the last bits of the 2010s, and now obviously here in 2021. And the last several rumbles have been really difficult to predict. You've had Shinsuke Nakamura win, which at the time, you know, he was a favorite, but nobody really thought. Drew McIntyre, despite the year that he's had, uh, I don't think many folks going into last year's rumble thought he was going to win the rumble match. And that was a fantastic Rumble match. It was a match that actually made someone a megastar. Damn shame, again, that there's no uh, fans in the stands to really embrace Drew McIntyre during this WWE Championship run, which is, I, I think, a little bit underappreciated how well he has been uh, in that role thus far, taking that banner, taking that flag during a very uh, weird era of professional wrestling, the pandemic era. Um, and that's what makes these, these Rumbles so special now, is that there's so much talent. In WWE, usually it's like a problem, but when you get to the Rumble match, it's not. I remember watching those early Rumbles, too, like when I was growing up, like 95 Rumble with HBK, British Bulldog, that one. You go back and you watch that, and there was like four people that had a legitimate chance of winning the Rumble. And that's how it was for most of the time there in the 90s. Uh, It was like that in the late 90s as well. It was like either going to be Steve Austin, Rock, maybe Triple H. uh, But it was pretty easy to predict who had an opportunity to win those matches the last couple of years it's a crapshoot uh, you've no idea did not see drew mcintyre coming did not see shinsuke nakamura coming years ago and uh, those were great surprises the women's matches have been very good from the becky lynch stuff charlotte flair even last year oscar winning it so there's a ton of intrigue and there's and, and i love that they're using the rumble match now to make people 
stars like like Drew McIntyre has become. Uh, some of the other aforementioned names were you know stars previously: Oscar, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. Shinsuke Nakamura obviously had that opportunity to take the mantle like Drew McIntyre did, but unfortunately did not pan out like we all thought it was, even though he's had a little bit of momentum lately coming into the Rumble match um, this Sunday. But there's a slew of names. Um, the way the things are being booked, Daniel Bryan's out there. Cesaro, ton of momentum. Uh, you have to figure that guys like Seth Rollins could be on their way back on Sunday. Could a Brock Lesnar make an appearance? And then what about the Raw side? Could we see Randy Orton win the match? Could we see Miz win the match? Sheamus even. Would they set up Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre? Would we see Sheamus win another Royal Rumble match? I'm sure that doesn't light the world on fire. However, that's stuff that's out there. But there's there's a lot of different angles that are playing out, and and I'm liking what I'm seeing from both the men's and women's matches. The women's match is complete crapshoot, which makes things extremely exciting for Sunday. But we'll get to that on more towards the end of the podcast. Dr. Trey mentioned before, there's a ton of like question marks in the air right now. I have no idea where things are going. And that basically is solidified by some of these reports that are out there right now that WWE has not. I would imagine right now it's a bit different heading into Royal Rumble uh, Sunday. But maybe it's maybe they're still going back and forth. But reportedly, WWE has not locked in any WrestleMania 37 matches yet. Uh, this comes to the wrestling Obser- from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, WWE officials reportedly have not locked in the top matches for WrestleMania 37 with just 78 days to go until the big two-day event. The reason there's been no real direction for top WrestleMania 37 feuds on Raw or SmackDown and because there have been none of the usual rumor reports on plans for the show is because there are no matches in place, according to the Wrestler Observer Newsletter. It was noted that the top title matches for the Raw brand have not been confirmed. For SmackDown, WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns reportedly has two different opponents that are being considered. Despite rumors and speculation, Daniel Bryan is not a lock to challenge Reigns on the grandest stage of them all. And Shinsuke Nakamura is not one of the two names being considered, even after the recent interactions on SmackDown. There's more to this uh, story that I want to peel apart here, Dr. Trey, but from the initial onset, your thoughts here in regards to the top matches for WrestleMania 37. Well, it's a little surprising because this is excuse me, the antithesis of the way that Vince usually builds his year. We've always heard that, you know, right after WrestleMania, he starts planning for the next WrestleMania and then he books backwards to get to it. Like he kind of has an idea of where he wants next year's WrestleMania to be. And then, boom, we just kind of work backwards to make everything make sense. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit you know, like I said, it's a bit confusing because this is not the norm. Usually at this point, we've kind of seen somebody have a really big hot streak leading into WrestleMania, and that's who we kind of lean on. I mean, you know, we go back to, you know, Drew was kind of, I think last year, Drew was my third pick, and probably your third pick as well. I think we picked, uh, we had KO and Brock towards the top of our list, and then Drew was kind of like our, you know, dog horse. And the year before, I think we both picked Nakamura, but we also said, like, you could go a number of different ways. But you can kind of see a path, at least. And right now, there is no path. Like, you and I sat here, you know, a few months ago and said, it's probably going to be Big E. Well, they really haven't shot up even hotter towards that top spot. So that's kind of maybe blown those points up. So it is kind of weird that here we are less than 100 days, or like you said, 78 days out for WrestleMania. And there's there's no clear path for it. And it's really not just the men's, but the women's side as well. There's really no clear path for how they're going to go with the show. Uh, more on this story coming from Wrestling Inc. While there are reportedly no top matches locked in for WrestleMania 37, 
Word now is that the WWE creative team started working on bigger ideas once officials made the decision to hold the event over two nights. The belief now is that the company needs four major matches for WrestleMania 37, two for each night, according to a new report from WrestleVotes on Twitter. This likely requires outside assistance from top names such as WWE Hall of Famer Bill Goldberg and John Cena. More on him in a little bit. Goldberg is currently contracted for two matches per year until 2023. His first match of this year will come at the Royal Rumble on January 31st when he challenges Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. John Cena has been away since losing to The Fiend Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 36 last year, focusing on his Hollywood career. It was also said that The Rock is unlikely to work WrestleMania this year. WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns has been floating the idea of possibly facing The Rock at WrestleMania 39 from Hollywood in 2023. Regarding The Undertaker, it was noted that he is still, quote, to be determined for the grandest stage of them all, but most people backstage think he's actually done this time, especially after his final farewell at the recent WWE Survivor Series pay-per-view. However, WWE Champion and CEO Vince McMahon could convince Taker to come back as he has done in the past. There's been no real talk on Brock Lesnar's return for WrestleMania 37, but he has been rumored. Dr. Trey, more thoughts here on the uh, second part of this story for the big matches at WrestleMania 37. So I can has Goldberg twice? Yay! No, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Um, is there really anybody out of that group that you want to see in a main event match outside of maybe Seth? Like Cena and Roman, maybe I would. I don't think I'd hate because I still think Cena could put on a hell of a match. And in Roman, I think those two would be pretty good to go at it. Um, but I, I really don't want to see Goldberg in that spot. Lesnar, we've seen him be a battle Roman and Drew in in past WrestleMania, so I don't really see that spot. Taker, just I, I don't like. I love Taker. You love Taker. I just I'm not ready to see him in a WrestleMania spot again right now. So. Right now, like if out of all those choices, I would lean towards Cena if I had to pick one, and that's because he's been off TV for a year. Yeah, it's uh, not a lot of intriguing names. I think the one name that I will say is intriguing, and it's specific to this exact storyline, Dr. Trey, would be Brock Lesnar. Uh, we all know, I, I, I believe, and I'll say this probably towards the later part of the show when we preview the match as well, I, I believe guys like Bill Goldberg, John Cena, uh, Brock Lesnar, they should not be in championship matches. It just... It doesn't make sense for this part of their career, and as a fan, I don't get excited to see it. I'm not excited for the Drew McIntyre-Goldberg match on Sunday. I'm more fearful of it because I would hate to see everything that Drew McIntyre has done in the last year uh, go to ruins by dropping the championship to Bill Goldberg, who should not be a world champion at this point in his career. I respect everything that he's done, appreciate it, enjoy seeing him in the right specific match. A match against Drew McIntyre, not it. Uh, Brock Lesnar, though, Dr. Trey, I will say I'm, I'm intrigued that if they ran with a storyline where Lesnar returns, say he returns on Sunday, wins the Royal Rumble, challenges Roman Reigns on SmackDown the following week for the Universal Championship match at WrestleMania, and the whole premise of that is, you know, like, Paul, what the hell are you doing? But the only way that Brock Lesnar can, can, I think I'd be interested in that. The way that the character has been for Roman Reigns right now, and you have a little bit more of a baby-faced Brock Lesnar kind of confused or PO'd that... Paul Heyman is now sided with a guy that was really their enemy for most of the 2010 decade. I think there's a little bit of intrigue there. I, I guess if there's one name, I don't want Lesnar to win the Royal Rumble. Let me just make that bar nuns. I, I think that would be, everybody would be like, this is blasphemy if that happens. <laughs> but if you did Lesnar and this Reigns incarnation at WrestleMania, I think that's a main event level match that I would want to see. Uh, I would say I'd be interested, but then once again, I, you kind of put yourself into a corner of 
how do you book this as far as a result? Because if Roman loses, are you kind of you know ruin you kind of blowing up what you just spent nine months building? If you have Lesnar lose, then are you ruining the mystique of Lesnar by having Roman finally? I mean, Roman still hasn't beaten Lesnar. If I'm correct. Uh, so yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. So that that would be the. Oh uh, no, he beat him at SummerSlam. I was there. Okay, so yeah, but at the WrestleMania is Roman's Owen. Owen too. Yeah, he does so, not have a great track record at WrestleMania. No. So it's kind of like these. I, I would be interested in that aspect of it. Could a babyface Brock get the win over a heel Roman, or do they finally have heel Roman beat Brock at WrestleMania? I mean, that I, I would be interested. The Heyman factor would factor into it as well. But once again, you get to the point of I've kind of seen this. I just haven't seen it in this incarnation. Like I kind of know what to expect, but I don't know what to expect. So. I guess I'm one of those guys that I kind of want to see somebody get made at WrestleMania, and I don't think Roman and Brock would be a somebody getting made match. I mean, it would be colossal battle of titans again, but I, I, I kind of want that spot for somebody like like Drew last year to be made by WrestleMania. And I don't know if you go Roman Brock if anybody's actually getting made out of that. I don't think anybody's getting made out of that. Let me, let me be clear. I just think if there was a Brock Lesnar championship match that I would be like okay to, um, and even if it was that he won the Royal Rumble, I'd be okay with that. I think there's a ton of storyline backing that up that makes it se- makes sense, right? And I always thought Lesnar is so much better as a babyface, like a badass babyface, than he is as a heel. Because as a heel, he's just like a total dick and and... Uh, I think he really relishes in that than anything. But I think Brock as a babyface uh, is is a lot more fun. And I, and I would be down with that. I, I can't believe I'm saying that because I was so against Reigns' Lesnar matches at WrestleMania. But given the background of the storyline, I would be down with that this year. Yeah, I just look at it like I would rather do it. If, if you're going to bring Lesnar back in, I would rather have Lesnar come back in as a heel and tease the tension between Roman and Brock both being managed by Paul until Brock snaps and then turns babyface mm. and then we get another and we get another SummerSlam match out of it. Yeah, I mean fa- fantasy book it too, right? That uh, yeah. they you know, maybe Heyman or Reigns demands that Lesnar kind of falls in line, right? That he's the head of the table type deal, and we all know that Brock Lesnar won't do that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean I think there's some intrigue there. I, I don't know if I'd want to see it stretch all the way to SummerSlam. I think Brock in doses is okay. Like Goldberg in doses. Trust me, you wouldn't see Brock between all the way from WrestleMania. Well, SummerSlam. You know what Brock. I mean. You know what I mean. Dragging it out that long, uh, which is nothing. You could play, play around with Brock as being, you know, kind of this enforcer for Roman's group with not wanting to be the enforcer. Kind of like, you go back to the horseman days of Luger when Luger was kind of like that muscle guy, but then he was like, I should really be the top guy. And you know, then you get that feud with him and Flair. Kind of the same principle of where like Lesnar shows up and then we get Lesnar and Owens for a couple matches and then Brock gets tired of being the second and wants to be back at the top of the food chain and then you get the match with Roman. So yeah, there's ways that I think I would want to tease it out a little bit more than just let's do the let's do the rumble and then we get mania. Like I, I kinda want a little bit longer of a tension build up because I'd love to see Paul try to hop you know, hopscotch back and forth between Roman and Brock and try to keep the peace, you know, before these two guys try to kill each other. Yeah, I mean, that's a storyline I've really enjoyed is the uh, Roman Reigns stuff on SmackDown. And, of course, Paul Heyman's playing a fantastic role in that as well. Completely different than what we're accustomed to during his time with Brock Lesnar, which I think could be another layer to it all if that were ever to happen. 
Um, one of those names that we mentioned, Dr. Trey, is John Cena. And according to reports, Wrestling Inc., Ringside News, John Cena is reportedly confirmed for WrestleMania 37. The uh, report reads, uh, there is no word yet on if Cena will be working night one or night two of WrestleMania 37 or who his opponent will be. But Ringside News is reporting that Cena is now 100% locked for the grandest stage of them all this year. Regarding Cena's match for WrestleMania 37, one WWE creative source noted, quote, I don't think even Cena knows. There's also no word on how many episodes of Raw or SmackDown that Cena will be able to appear on to build to his WrestleMania 37 bout. It was rumored that Cena was locked in for the next three WrestleMania events, and while he could end up working these shows, he is not booked that far in advance at all, according to a report. WWE recently announced WrestleMania 37 for uh, Saturday, April 10th, and Sunday, April 11th at Raymond James Stadium, WrestleMania 38 for April 3rd, 2020, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, WrestleMania 39 on April 2nd, 2023 at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood, California. Cena has not been seen since losing the Firefly Funhouse match that we mentioned before at WrestleMania 36. Dr. Trey, it appears that Cena is a lock. Uh, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to John Cena, but your thoughts here in regards to him potentially returning uh, at WrestleMania 37. Like, uh, Are we going to get Cena buying a ticket like we had at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, just sitting in the crowd, and then Bruce Pritchard comes out and goes, John, we have a match for you. Come back to the back, and then that's where Taker comes out and gets his match. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I love the report of we don't know if he's wrestling night one or night two. Well, no, nobody knows who's wrestling night one or night two yet. I mean, we didn't know who was wrestling night one or night two until like two days before WrestleMania last year. So, but I, I'm honestly, I'm really looking for, I, I, I missed John Cena. So oh. I'm not going to lie. You, you were just setting it up on a tee because I was exactly going to say that. Like, yeah. The years that we've done this show, I mean, this, out of anyone, I think Cena is probably, like, the most controversial. I mean, there's times where we really love him, especially there in the late 2010s, and there's times where he's just, like, absolutely just jammed down our throat and and our ear holes and and everything, and we're just tired of it. Uh, And that was, like, the early 2010s. But I miss that guy, man. I I really miss him, and I never thought I would say that I miss him, but I do. Yeah. Like, I miss John Cena. And, and I even miss John Cena with the John Laurinaitis haircut. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, you go back to WrestleMania last year, and it was like, you know, the knock on Cena was always, he's never going to put anybody over. He's never going to, you know, he doesn't make stars. He doesn't do anything like that. And then you go back and actually look at your history, and you're like, man, this dude actually has given opportunity. Like, I still go back to that match, you know, when he was U.S. champion doing the U.S., the open U.S. title tournament and the matches with Cesaro and with Star with Stardust and all those guys who are now you know, either bigger stars or you know still on the roster and, and getting the finally maybe getting a push, but like he worked with everybody, you know, and it's like, and then you go back to the WrestleMania last match last year and that was him basically making a complete mockery of himself and going along with it, and then the squash match with Taker at uh, WrestleMania 36. You know, those were all just kind of like, wow, this is kind of outside of his norm. Um, and I miss that guy. I miss that guy who now knows he can either go out there and have fun and make fun of himself, go out there and put a younger guy over. Like, he, to me, it should be the guy that's taking up the mantle of what Taker did for the you know, WrestleMania. Let him just work one or two matches a year. Let him help get somebody over. Uh, and then go back to doing your movies because uh, he's got some pretty big roles coming up again suicide squad comes out soon and he's in that one so uh i'm actually really looking forward to seeing what they do with him this year because 
this is an opportunity to once again kind of make somebody a bigger star uh, because at this point, Cena doesn't mind sacrificing a little bit of his legacy to help WWE out. Did we underappreciate John Cena all those years, Dr. Trey? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you and I have sat here and said we've underappreciated Randy Orton. And for a lot of True. years, those guys were in the same boat. You know, they were the, they were shoved down our throats, and now you can kind of go, well, there's a reason why. They're really good professional wrestlers. But they're really good at what they did. So there's a reason why they were kind of shoved down our throats. So, um I think he's sorely been underappreciated. I mean, especially now you hear people, oh, wait, there's no big stars. There's nobody out there that people want to tune into. John was that guy that every, I mean, kids, I mean, you still see the movies today. People still throwing the hand up in front of their face and shaking it back and forth. I mean, and it's just an homage to the guy that's been a big part of most people's childhoods, adolescence, or adult years because he's been around for so long now. Uh, next topic here. Should John Cena turn? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Moving forward here, Dr. Trey, we've got some uh, some pretty big news here, especially for uh, those who are WWE Network subscribers as uh, Peacock, the television platform owned by NBC Universal, will be the exclusive home of the WWE Network here in the United States. Uh, this comes from WWE.com. Peacock and WWE Today announce a multi-year agreement that gives Peacock exclusive, exclusive streaming rights to WWE Network in the U.S., Peacock will launch WWE Network on March 18th, beginning the rollout of more than 17,000 hours of new original library WWE Network programming on demand and on a 24-7 channel, including all live pay-per-views, original series like Steve Austin, Broken Skull Sessions, in-ring shows like NXT, NXT UK, WWE 205 Live, Network Archives, including every WWE, WCW, ECW pay-per-view, groundbreaking documentaries, and starting in 2022, one signature documentary annually. Uh, the companies will share details on managing customer accounts closer to the Peacock launch in March. WWE Network, including all pay-per-views, will be available on Peacock Premium for $4.99, a $5 a month savings where members will enjoy access to the entire WWE and Peacock catalog. More than 47,000 hours of premium programming for an ad-free experience. Peacock Premium Plus will be available for $9.99. Uh, and then in an update to that story, the Wall Street Journal reported that a person familiar with the deal says that it runs for five years and is valued at more than $1 billion. WWE and NBCU did not officially disclose the terms of a multi-year agreement. Dr. Trey, this is huge news. Um, from a business standpoint, it makes a ton of sense for Peacock and NBCU. Uh, from a WWE Network subscriber standpoint, kind of worried because um, uh, at Christmas I received a, a bunch of gift cards that covered my WWE Network account for a year. I'm hoping, I'm assuming that those will still be the case come March. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Office, the U.S. version of The Office, which is on Peacock now. I, I, I liked Saved by the Bell, and I guess they have a new series as well, so I could, I guess I could watch that. But uh, your thoughts on the move to Peacock, and will you subscribe once WWE Network moves over, over there? So when I first heard the news, I was kind of, I was kind of irritated. I don't know about because I didn't know all the details. And I was like, man, you know, I've spent all this time, we spent all this time hyping up the network and all this time, like, saying how great it was. And now they're just kind of giving it away to another company for a billion dollars, like a straight money grab. And then you start researching, you're like, wait, so now I still get all the content I've been getting. Plus, I get all this NBC content and I'm paying, paying basically the same price. Like, that to me is a win win for everybody because. Like you said, there's some great shows to watch. There's some, uh, you know, like The Office. Like I've been wanting to watch the Save by the Bell one, but I didn't want to spend another ten bucks a month on another subscription service. 
like to me this is kind of combining two things I, I really was either wanting or enjoying into one thing so I think it's a win-win for everybody uh, the only thing I worry about is how well is it going to work because I mean the, net, the Peacock Network's a little bit newer uh, I hope it doesn't have any lagging issues when they first go, oh my gosh, we're going to try to broadcast WrestleMania and all the servers are down because we didn't have this kind of influx of people trying to access it at one time. That's my only concern because price point and content wise, it's a great move for, for wrestling fans because there's other shows that wrestling fans enjoy outside of wrestling as well that Peacock Service has. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, selfish standpoint, I, uh, I'm worried about my gift cards. I'm assuming I'm not the, obviously I'm not the only person in that boat, so they'll figure it out. And then another selfish standpoint here, Dr. Trey, I don't know about you, but my list, literally the thing called my list on WWE Network is like a mile long of shows that I want to watch and get caught up, caught up on. I don't want to lose all that crap. Like I, I, I know what shows I haven't watched yet and I want to watch and I'm still going through and watching. Like I just watched the Steve Austin Broken Skull Sessions with Big Show, which I think aired like the night of the Royal Rumble last year or like Elimination Chamber or something. Um, like, I don't want to lose that stuff. So if it's going to be a seamless migration from WWE Network to Peacock, I'm in. I will definitely still subscribe. The price point of it, if you're saving five bucks, a hell of a lot easier, obviously. So, uh, and even if you get the ad-free experience for $9.99 and what you're already paying for WWE Network, you're getting more. So it... It only benefits like WWE fans more than ever um, by their going to Peacock, and, and now you get shows that uh, you may love. Like I, I'm a big fan of The Office, so you know now I get the entire series. I could go back and watch, and, and other new shows as well. So, and then I guess it's one last thing. I, I didn't want to subscribe to Peacock. Now I will, and I'll have potentially extra money, and no longer have another platform on there like uh, WWE Network. So, business standpoint, makes a ton of sense. WWE has been racking in some money in, in a pandemic, so here they are with uh, getting some money, a billion dollars for the WWE Network, Dr. Trey. I guess you really can't beat that. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, have, have you have you used the HBO uh, HBO Max service yet? I have not, but I, I, I do want to. So I got it because uh, when you have AT&T, the unlimited plan, they give it to you for free. It's part of the package. So and I didn't know that. So I was I've been on there uh, the last few nights because they have a lot of the stuff from like DC Comics on there. And the way they have it set up is there's HBO Max, and then you can kind of go into all their little subsections are divided up by like DC Matt, like DC Adult Swim. And if they do that with Peacock, where it's kind of broken up, and then I just click WWE Network, and everything still looks like the WWE Network, and it's easy to find, and all my stuff migrates over. It'll be brilliant. Um, and the fact that WWE is getting what's going to be interesting about this, Jeff, and I don't know how many people have thought about this, is you're getting a billion dollars from NBC, and you're getting a billion dollars from Fox, but NBC now has all the exclusive rights to the WWE library. So what is Fox getting out of this? And if they're not getting anything else, what do we do in a couple of years when the Fox contract is up? Does NBC absorb SmackDown and find another home for SmackDown? Uh, so if I'm Fox and knowing, hey, uh, NBC, like they, Fox now has to ask NBC permission to use WWE programming on FS1. Like that to me is going to be the craziest thing and how they break this down when both companies are paying out a billion dollars. Yeah, my dog is really upset about uh, about what Sammy happens to Fox. Yeah. Sammy was crying about it, so I, I completely understand. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, my dog is 
pissed. Huge fan of Fox. Uh, loves the, uh, what is it, the animation thing on Sunday nights. Um, domination. Yeah, so really pissed off about it, as you can hear my dog in the background. Um, yeah, it, there you go. So the dog and Sammy, both not fans, but it's a good point. I mean, it really is. And, and uh, where they go from here, I guess they it was brought up in some stories I read that, uh, like, SmackDown, nothing happens there. It, it's, it's, it's definitely bizarre that the one place that uh, does not carry WWE contact, uh, co- wow, content on an NBCU show will be, in fact, f- Fox, and even more so that their network platform is just migrating over to NBCU. So, like, will there be restrictions? You can't watch SmackDown now on, on Peacock if you want to watch replays of it because it's on Fox. Like, it's just, it's a little weird, but props to WWE and whoever is working out these deals because it's so, what's what's so weird about this entire thing still, Dr. Trey, is that forever, right? The last, let's say, five years, everybody's been banging that drum that wrestling is, quote, dead. But more wrestling promotions are picking up. The viewership isn't there. I, I mean, that's clear as day with viewership. It's it's like I think AEW should be getting 3 million people watching it each Wednesday night, and they're not. They're still getting like 900,000, 800,000 people, which is so b- beyond bizarre to me at times. But it's it's not as popular as it was 20 years ago. A lot of people think that it's kind of like a dead form of entertainment, but they're getting these billion-dollar deals WWE and Vince McMahon are they're doing something right. We may not like what the product is all the time, but they're they're getting these deals that is basically helping them, you know, pay for the Thunderdome every single four months during a pandemic. Like this is just it's it's a little bit bonkers and, and props to wrestling and WWE for doing what they're doing right now and these deals that they're cutting. Yeah, I mean you're looking at when it when people go wrestling is dead, it's like it's not so much wrestling is dead, but it's more during the pandemic, content is king. And WWE has so much library and so much content that when you have these platforms starting up and they're looking for content and WWE's like, hey, we got this like, you know, 60 years of, of wrestling history uh, just waiting for somebody to come, you know, partner with us. They just have more content than anybody else. And you know, like I said, like when you're a startup business looking for, you got to fill hours in the day and you got to fill viewer demand. There's a lot of, of wrestling fans and even casual wrestling fans. You you hear the people who are like, oh, I haven't watched wrestling since the Stone Cold days. Well, hey, this app, you can go back and watch all the wrestling from the Stone Cold days or you can watch all the wrestling from the Hogan days or the Bruno days or from WCW, NW. Like they, it, they now have content for everybody who's ever been a wrestling fan. Uh, and it's on a bigger stage because now it's not just WWE promoting it, but now you have the entire wheel, the wheelhouse of NBC promoting it as well across all their platforms. It's just a good business issue on both parts. And it, is. it also it also sets WWE up to where, hey, we don't have to depend on live events. We don't have to depend on merchandise sales because we're bringing in our money from other revenue streams now. So it's not, you know, the live event thing is no longer an issue anymore. Yeah, I like the deal. Uh, I hope all the stuff that I mentioned that's all selfish works itself out. But I like the deal. People that left WWE Network because they canceled because they were ha- uh, unhappy with Daniel Bryan not winning the Royal Rumble years ago uh, or CM Punk walking away, but they love The Office, uh, can now go, or they love Say by the Bell, and then now they can go and uh, subscribe to Peacock. Like, I think 
I think subscriber count is going to go up a lot. I, I would be shocked if people leaving that have a WWE Network account right now decide not to go to Peacock and pay just four ninety nine for all the same content they were just paying nine ninety nine. And then there was the rumor that they were going to pay twelve ninety nine or fifteen ninety nine for all these staggered tiers of WWE Network. There's been so much weird rumors and innuendo of uh, where things were going with WWE Network over the last couple of years. And, and maybe that was kind of squashed by what happened during the pandemic. There was that report out, uh, I want to say over the summer now, that like WWE was extremely close to partnering up with ESPN Plus, where fans were going to have to pay for, I think, like the major shows like WrestleMania and on top of their network accounts, which I just think is so wrong, uh, especially at this point when it's been, it'll be seven years in February that when the WWE Network launched. So it was a game changer when the network came out and uh, sad to see it go in this current form, but happy to see some uh, Dwight Schrute uh, hilarity continue on and John Krasinski uh, on the Peacock platform. Some stuff that we may not want to see, though, in professional wrestling, Dr. Trey, we mentioned the name Goldberg, a lot of WWE fans, which I hate saying that there's AEW fans and WWE fans. At this point, can we just be wrestling fans and just enjoy everything that's going on? You don't have to watch. You don't have to bash the other product. Uh, I know Sammy doesn't like when there's a split down the middle of different products. But, uh, you know, fans quick to be upset about Goldberg, Dr. Trey Wrestling. Well, how about on March 7th? Sting has officially been named to a match at AW Revolution. He'll be tagging or teaming, I should say, with Darby Allen to take on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in a street fight. My spidey senses tell me that this is going to be a theatrical match, Dr. Train. It will not be within the uh, this four sides of the ring at Daly's place. Your thoughts here on the announcement of Sting and what is the likelihood that Sting actually takes a bump in a wrestling ring on March 7th? Uh, let's start with with your second question first. Zero percent chance. Because A, you don't want to risk injury. B, you don't want to risk injury to a guy who's a big investment at, you know, 60 years old, 50, late 50s, early 60s, you know, somewhere in that age range. Um, he's, he's an attraction. And like we saw with Taker and AJ, if it's done correctly, you don't have to do any kind of crazy bumps. Everything can can be in a controlled environment. Uh, you can bring in fake sting to do the bumps if you need to have him take a bump. Uh, but to me, it just it makes a ton of sense because, you know, AEW's done a good job for the most part on their theatrical matches, so I doubt this one would be any different than we saw with, you know, the Stadium Stampede or, uh, you know, the Matt Hardy compound match with Jericho or the, the even the dentist office match with uh, Big Swole and Britt Baker. They've done okay with these matches, so I don't see why this would be any different. So... Uh, I think it's a good way to showcase Sting and Darby together uh, and not risk damage to the icon Sting. And the crazy thing is, Jeff, this isn't even the match I thought you were about to bring up. But you went there. I thought it was the other one they mentioned on Dynamite that you were going to bring up first that might be worse than Goldberg. Which match is that? Shaquille O'Neal Cody Rhodes being involved in a match with Jade Cargill and Red Velvet, which just yeah. sounds like a battle of, like, bad cake designers. It, it does. It it does. It's sponsored by the Food Network, which I think is owned by Turner. Um, yeah. So they can run it on there if they wanted to. Yeah, you know, I guess for me, like, that's such a WWE match, but that's a match that gets a lot of people, wrestling fans hate this, but it gets a lot of eyes to the product and, and gets that Sports Center moment, Dr. Trey, like, 
I think we've had a feeling this was going to be happening for God. It feels like forever. I mean, it was it was after um, Cody dropped the TV title to uh, the late great Brody Lee that I think they started planting these seeds in what September October time, and they're finally got to execute it in March. Yeah, I mean, it, it it is kind of crazy that it's been this long of a buildup, but you know, I guess Jack had to get into ring shape. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just this the whole thing. It, you're right. It's very WWE, and and the bad thing is this isn't even the celebrity match I want to see. I still want to see Tyson and Jericho before I see Shaq and Cody. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Cody's on all the networks right now. I mean, he's doing the 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 Go Big Show, which I think is kind of funny that they have a show called the Go Big Show. Uh, what is supposed to be Big Show versus Shaq all those years in WWE? And Cody faced Big Show to WrestleMania one yeah, year too. So we all tie it in there. In professional wrestling. So Sting being advertised for a wrestling match in 2021, uh, about six weeks removed from Goldberg being advertised in a wrestling match this Sunday at the WWE Royal Rumble. It's uh, it's a strange time. It certainly is. Uh, back in the late 90s, for those who uh, weren't there but lived it like Dr. Trey and I did, guys that were in their 40s. I mean, WWE was bashing that they're elderly. Like, I remember that, the Nacho Man and the Huckster. Like, you go back and you think, like, Hogan and Macho Man and Mean Gene, that they were, I don't know, 60, 70 years old back then. In fact, they were in their, like, mid-40s. And <laughs> it's just bizarre. I mean, we got Flair still out there. Now he's not wrestling, obviously, but Goldberg is in his mid to late 50s. Sting is in his 60s. And uh, I'm not clamoring for it. Like, love Sting. Happy that he did the WWE thing. I like seeing him in AEW. Don't want to see him in the ring. I like Goldberg. But under the right circumstances, which is not a championship match. Uh, which takes us to this Sunday, Dr. Trey. The WWE Royal Rumble preview and predictions portion of SRTU. Let's get to the first match, Dr. Trey. There's only been five matches announced, which two of them are the Royal Rumble matches. Uh, this is for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Asuka and Charlotte Flair defending against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Uh, I've got Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler winning this one. I think the titles are going to go back on them. I feel like this experiment of having Asuka and Charlotte Flair with the tag team titles just hasn't worked out like I thought it was going to. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Shayna and Nia as well. And a lot of it's because you have Charlotte getting entangled in other feuds, like the feud with Lacey and her dad. Asuka's got this thing going with Alexa Bliss right now. Um, and, and those are decent programs. Like, those are decent little min, you know, mini rivalries. So it doesn't make sense for them to hold on to the tag belts because it's not like Alexa and Lacey are going to team up. So let's get the belts off of them. It was a nice way to kind of break up the Shayna Nia run, but put the belts back on. Because I actually thought I, I, I like the pairing of Shayna and Nia, and it kind of does help develop the other women around them because you know Dana and Mandy were doing really well. You had you know Peyton and Lacey you know working together. It kind of does help flesh out more women on the roster. Uh, with with Nia and Shayna on top, so I'll, I'm taking those as well. All right, next match here is Roman Reigns defending the WWE Universal Championship against Kevin Owens in a last man standing match. While I think Kevin Owens will put up a fantastic fight and look like money in this match, it still will stay with Roman Reigns retaining the WWE Universal Championship. Doctor Trey. Yeah, I think Roman's the bigger draw. Although we talked about that, this would be the time to make that switch if you wanted to give. Owens a little bit of credibility and then come back at Elimination Chamber and take the belt back off of him. Um, but right now I could really see like, you know, Apollo and Jey Uso like literally just holding Kevin down uh, for him to get the 10 count. 
Um, but I'm thinking I'm thinking of Roman as well, just because I, I just can't see them pulling the trigger on switching the belts this close to WrestleMania. All right, next match here is for the WWE Championship. Drew McIntyre defends against Goldberg. I'm very scared. <laughs> very, he's laughing. Doctor Trey's laughing at this. By the way, oh. guys, it's 2021. This is the match. Um, I'm scared to predict this match. Uh, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre winning and retaining the WWE Championship, but I just don't like it. And and I don't like it because I'm like, oh, Goldberg should win. He's a viable opponent. I don't like it because I could just see WWE putting the championship on him. I, I'm I'm scared to say to pick Drew McIntyre, but I'm going to stick with Drew Mac. Yeah, I literally was sitting here as we were talking about this stuff before we got the predictions. Like I could see them putting the belt on Goldberg to have Goldberg and Kane rematch at WrestleMania. Like, Who? I could, yeah, I can see. Who did you say? Goldberg and the Fiend. Oh, I thought you said Goldberg and Kane. Oh no! I thought you were trying to kill me. I'm not that crazy. I mean, even though, even though Internet. I think See No Evil is on HBO Max, and I haven't watched. It. I still have never seen See No Evil. Um, but yeah, shame. I can see them go- going back to the well of Goldberg Fiend, and, and you know, maybe Fiend finally getting, you know getting that victory. You know, that basically kind of sent sent you and I into a downward spiral last year. Uh, I'm going to take Drew Mack because I think the the upside in booking Drew Mack as being one of the few people to have wins over Lesnar and Goldberg is a better credibility building angle than anything else they can come up with. Um, and I still got there's part of me that wants to see Miz cash in and just throw the whole thing in, into into chaos. But I'm going to take Drew Mack getting the win over Goldberg at, uh, at Rumble. All right, Dr. Trey, now it's time to get to the Royal Rumble matches themselves. This is going to be this is going to be very difficult. Uh, I'm, we're going to give our predictions for the official predictions thing, and then I think we're going to try a very impromptu uh, Royal Rumble-like draft of people who we would want to have on our team if there was someone that would win the Rumble match. So uh, we'll start with the Women's Royal Rumble match. Very difficult to pick. I'm going to go back to my predictions from the first show of the year. I'm going to go with Bianca Belair to win the Women's Royal Rumble match. I think uh, I would love to see that move. Been a big fan of Bianca Belair for a while. I'm going to go with the EST of WWE to win the Women's Royal Rumble. See, I still kind of book on the idea of who the champion I think is going to be at WrestleMania, so I always kind of pick the challenger on the other side as as Sammy. You mentioned Ric Flair. He is literally slamming Ric Flair's head into my doorknob on my bedroom door right now. Um... So with that being said, with Oscar and and Sasha being the champs and them both being quote unquote baby faces, I want to pick a heel. Um, I think I'm going to take Alexa Bliss just because I think this little mini rivalry with uh, Oscar could come to you know come to a head at WrestleMania because she looks like she's dominated Oscar. So I, I, I think I'm going to take Alexa because I think she makes the most sense right now. All right, so I think uh, this is going to so we're going to try to do a little bit of a, like a draft, Doctor Trey. So I think okay. it's safe to say with our Women's Royal Rumble, this won't count towards the prediction. So I'm going to take Bianca Belair, Dr. Trey taking Alexa Bliss. Um, my team obviously will start with Bianca Belair as my first pick. Your first pick will will obviously be Alexa Bliss. Um, why don't Why don't we start with you? If you had to pick, you pick a, another women star from in the Rumble match, and we'll have what do you say? Should we have three? picks or like five picks each on our rumble teams uh let's just go three because i think that's if we go five we're gonna start dragging the bottom of the barrel here at some point so um if i'm picking next i will take 
I'll take Rhea Ripley as my backup, as my number two pick. I think that's a solid pick. A lot of people are expecting her to be in the Rumble match on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and plus they do this whole thing when sometimes when people bring people from NXT, they may not be in the same role they were in in NXT. You know, like when Drew McIntyre left NXT, he was a babyface. When he came to Raw, he was a heel. I guess either do the same thing with Rhea, making her a heel to match up with either Sasha or Asuka. I'm going to pick for my pick here. It's going to be a tough one. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Bailey as my second pick, and then what's your third? Uh, or are you want to do a snake snake style and let you? Yeah. Go back? Oh, you want me to go back? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. We'll do snake style. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Charlotte Flair. Uh, I'll go with the surprising pick of Becky Lynch. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Okay. Okay. That's good. All right. So there are Royal Rumble draft teams. I have Bianca Belair, Bailey, Charlotte Flair, Dr. Trey's Alexa Bliss, uh, Rhea Ripley, and Becky Lynch uh, on his team. So we'll do that for the men's Rumble match as well. So let's go to the men's Royal Rumble match, Dr. Trey. Um, this is a tough one to pick, but I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Bryan to be my choice to win the Royal Rumble match from the men's side. Um, so I've actually I've had I've had three people in my head of who I want to pick. So uh, I'll 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 do like you did. My original pick, you know, earlier this year was Big E. So I'll I'll take Big E. That's a solid choice. Okay, so they'll we don't have any. You know, same picks here. So, uh, you want to do three again, or do you want to do five for the men? We'll just do like we did for one. We'll just do three. All right. So you uh, go for it. You get second pick here. Otherwise, I feel like we're just we're gonna have too many people, and one of us will actually look like we're smart. (laughs) Okay. Um, Sounds good. So my second pick, I will take the fiend Bray Wyatt. Okay, Bray Wyatt. Uh, My second pick, I will go with Edge. Ooh, that's a good one too. Um, well, then you, you now have your number three. Oh, today. that's right. I have my. I we're doing the snake side. I'm going to go with Cesaro. I'll I'll take Cesaro as my pick here. Um, let's see, we've already seen Randy and Drew go at it. Who have we not seen Drew match up with and Roman match up with? Uh, this is tricky. Uh, so I will go with Seth Rollins out of nowhere. I'll take Seth Rollins as my number three. All right, our Royal Rumble draft teams. I have Daniel Bryan, Edge and Cesaro, Dr. Trey has Big E, Bray Wyatt, and Seth Rollins. So those are our preview predictions, Dr. Trey, for the Royal Rumble on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Always a very, very fun show to watch every year on the WWE Network. So, yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. Like you said, it's, 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 it's literally, to me, the best live wrestling thing to watch on TV. Because, I mean, you and I said here, I mean, last year I think you and I both admitted we actually cried when it came out. And then yeah. I think of you know previous years where like Kurt Henning came out, Goldust, you know, out of nowhere, Bubba Ray Dudley, the, the people that we might see, I mean, we might get. I mean, this this might be the year we see CM Punk in a rumble. He's not doing anything right now. Backstage got canceled. He's not doing anything. John Cena might show up for WrestleMania. This means you know Punk might show up. I mean, who knows? Booker T. You know, there's there's several names that have been floated out there that might show up in the rumble because that's one of my favorite things is who were the surprise entrants. I think that's. What are those things that fans look forward to? Look forward to the Rumble itself, who's getting eliminated where, and then the surprise, the surprise guest appearances. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show on Sunday. Enjoy it. We'll be back here next week to recap or review it all. Before we close up shop on this week's edition of the show, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. 
You can download the show every Thursday at TheBowerShow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real Toast Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTUJeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And, of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one there that has this gorgeous shirt. Uh, also Facebook, check out Rockets and Championship Wrestling. We have a big show on the 16th. Our next show is February 6th. Uh, with our OVW affiliation and rumors that we might be joining up with another company to be affiliated with. So, big things happening for Rocket Team. So, you can check us out on Facebook uh, coming in. And also, Jeff and I talked about this. Pay attention to our Facebook page because we might have a special guest selector for his Rumble pick. Uh You heard him in the background screaming and yelling and banging stuff against the wall as right now he is playing with his pile of wrestlers. Uh, but we get some video of uh, what will who will Sammy pick for the Rumble this year that we'll get up on the Facebook page here before long. So go there, facebook.com slash the Stone Real Show to see young Sammy Franklin make his Royal Rumble predictions. It's going to be a fun show on Sunday, one of our favorite shows to watch, our favorite matches to watch, the Rumble matches themselves. It's a kickoff to the road to WrestleMania, uh, and we have it here all for you in the coming weeks ahead taking you all the way to April for Raymond James Stadium. Again, we'll try it again here at Raymond James Stadium for WrestleMania 37. So enjoy Sunday. Royal Rumble is upon us. Royal Rumble weekend. Uh, Stay safe. Stay healthy. And until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is The Still Real Talk Show. Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. Streaming now only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.